tonight. Lawsuits, school closures, and even the president weighs in. The Covington Catholic story just keeps getting spicier. I'm Roaming Millennial, and you're watching Uncensored. Welcome back to the show. Today, I didn't want to be talking about this. In fact, I said I wasn't going to be talking about this, and I was really hoping this whole thing would have blown over by now. But alas, we are talking about the Covington Catholic debacle, specifically all the aftermath that has occurred with the story since this weekend. Now, as we've all been hearing for the past several days, over the weekend at the March for Life, an exchange between a group of Catholic schoolboys and a handful of Native American men went viral. Based on a few minutes of footage of a white kid standing there smiling as an old Native American man banged a drum in his face, a national hate mob has formed to condemn this group of apparently insensitive, racist, privileged, Trump-supporting teens in MAGA hats. Then, to top that off, the Native American guy, whose name is Nathan Phillips, and he is apparently a veteran, by the way, gave an interview where he cried and claimed that the kids had allegedly surrounded him while chanting, Build the Wall. Not looking good, and after hearing that, people were so angry that the teens and their parents and their school in general, Covington Catholic, were doxxed and began to receive death threats. Eventually, though, as it turns out, more footage from the encounter revealed that not only did the kids not surround the Native American group, but Phillips actually inserted himself into the group of students, and he's the one who chose to stand in the face of the smiling kid, not the other way around. You see, what happened was the Black Hebrew Israelites, a real-life hate group, were hurling racist, homophobic slurs at the kids. And so in response to the awful things that were being said to them by adults, the students were just doing their school cheer to drown out the hate speech. Oh, and as it also turns out, one of the guys in the group of Native American men actually told the students to, quote, go back to Europe. So, yeah, of the three groups that were there, the Black Israelites, the Native American marchers, and the students, the only group not on film making racist statements is the students. Funny that. Here's some footage of the event that was compiled by Tucker Carlson's show. This child molesting priest right there. Right, Let's make America great again. A bunch of child molesting Look at all these dusty crackers with that racist garbage on. Look at these dirty that's right. A bunch of in incest babies. A bunch of babies made out of incest. The biggest terrorist on the face of this earth is the pale face man, woman, and child. And to get everybody caught up, following those revelations, a lot of people who had rushed to condemn the kids, including folks like Philip DeFranco, Meghan McCain, and Essie Cup, they then had to issue retractions pretty much saying, oops, my bad, maybe I shouldn't have rushed to judgment so quickly. And then of course there were also people like neocon never-Trumper Bill Kristol, who I guess just never gets tired of being on the wrong side of history, who didn't apologize but did delete his old tweet shaming the students. Which I guess is as good as an apology in some ways, right Bill? So this isn't the first time the mainstream media has jumped on a false narrative. And in fact, just a few days ago, BuzzFeed came out with a bogus report claiming that Trump told his then lawyer, Michael Cohen, to lie to Congress about a Trump Tower project in Russia. Turns out that's completely baseless though, go figure, but this is what the media does all the time. They'll take any story that makes Trump or conservatives or white men or Christians look bad no matter how 
flimsy and ridiculous it is and run with it. And when it's proven wrong, as it so often is, either they'll just move on to the next story or they'll issue a tiny correction that gets about a tenth of the attention as the original story did. That's just how this whole thing goes. So once outlets like CNN and USA Today started coming out with pieces that clarified the original false narrative concerning the Covington students, I think a lot of people, myself included, kind of figured that, okay, this story's done, time to move on to the next one now. But no, in a wonderful, tasty, miraculous turn of events, people have decided that for the far-left regressives and fake news media, the chickens have come home to roost. You see, we're at a time, I think, when people are fed up of being lied to and lied about by rabid ideologues who, despite being authoritarians who might even threaten violence against you, still like to claim the moral high ground and activists masquerading as journalists who refuse to address their own obvious biases. And so, although people have largely ignored the lies from the far left and media in the past, this time is different. I don't know whether it's because they chose to target teenagers who were guilty of nothing more than smiling and chanting, or that they chose to then harass docs and threaten these teenagers, but this time, people are taking a stand. The verified bullies hashtag on Twitter, spearheaded by CJ Pearson and Ali Alexander, has been collecting information on all the verified Twitter users who have threatened, smeared, or harassed the students. Because although some folks have backtracked and apologized for mischaracterizing the teens as they should have, some people, generally actually the most vitriolic people, have in fact stood firm and left their terrible, terrible tweets up. And despite Twitter's usual eagerness to take down right-wing accounts that may have even flirted with impropriety, to essentially nobody's surprise, when it comes to actual violent threats directed toward the white, Catholic, pro-life Covington students, they've done pretty much nada. Some of the most egregious statements directed toward the kids include, but are not limited to, Jeffrey Grubb saying giving a crap-eating grin to a Native American's face isn't legally violence, but he is smiling about the violence. He is saying, my people hurt you and you can't touch me even while I gloat about it. It is fascism and you should punch fascists. Then of course we had noted cannibal Reza Aslan saying, honest question, have you ever seen a more punchable face than this kid's? Then Trump parody beheader Kathy Griffin said, P.S. The reply from the school was pathetic and impotent. Name these kids. I want names. Shame them. If you think these effers wouldn't dox you in a heartbeat, think again. The Wheeler Walker Jr. account said, if you know this little S-word, punch him in the nuts and send me the video of it and I'll send you all my albums on vinyl autographed. And finally, in an image of class and grace, we had comedy writer Sarah Beatty saying, I will blow whoever manages to punch that MAGA kid in the face. There was much, much worse that was written about these students, but that's just what the biggest accounts were saying. And Alexander and Pearson have stated that they are compiling these tweets to not only bring Twitter's attention to the way it's so subjective enforces its terms of service, but also as ammunition for the students and their parents as well as the school for any potential legal action going forward. Which brings me to our next point, which is that for all the publications, the quote, news outlets, that were responsible for spreading this fake news in the first place without even doing a semblance of fact-checking or due diligence before they branded a group of high schoolers racist and left them open to mob threats, some of the parents and students have lawyered up. According to PJ Media, quote, Los Angeles-based trial lawyer Robert Barnes offered to represent the Covington families for free should they decide to sue the New York Times. 
Barnes told PJ Media that he was working with the families to sue the media outlets that defamed them. He said that anyone who doesn't correct and retract their false smears would be subject to a lawsuit and that updated stories merely indicating a more complex picture has emerged would not necessarily be enough. When asked if such stories would count as a retraction, he replied that it depends. According to his website, Barnes has a history of taking on the causes of underdogs, fighting for individuals against unethical law firms, corrupt banks, and rogue government agents. I, for one, really hope that the students and Barnes do end up suing these publications and, heck, even the individuals who are responsible for lying about and defaming them. And I know there are people who might say, but I thought you were for freedom of speech, and, well, I, I am. But I'm sorry, the fake news media is out of control and they need to be held accountable. It's one thing and bad enough to misrepresent a situation or a story, which by the way, they do do all the time. But straight up lying about the actions of individuals and minors, no less, when you had access to footage proving that what you were saying wasn't true, that they didn't surround anybody and that they didn't yell racist things at anyone, that's... That's not acceptable. There are laws against libel, okay? It's not a criminal act, but it is a civil wrongdoing. Meaning that sure, these people aren't going to go to prison for lying about these kids, but they are going to need to A, stop and B, potentially compensate the students for the damage and distress they've caused. And to clarify, one law site explains that to be able to sue for defamation, the defamation in question, whether written, which is libel, or spoken, which is slander, must be, quote, 1. Demonstrably and objectively false. Well, check. 2. Seen or heard by a public third party. Big check there. 3. Quantifiably injurious. Oh, you betcha. And 4. Unprivileged by law, which just means it can't be part of a witness testimony or anything like that. Based on that criteria, I'd say the Covington case pretty much fits that to a T, especially the part about the defamation needing to cause injury because, again, based on the lies that were said about these students, they and their families have been doxxed and threatened. And despite the fact that we now know the initial statements about them being racist or harassing Phillips were absolutely absolutely BS, the damage has already been done. Case in point, after protests and counter-protests were announced to take place outside the school on Tuesday in light of all this media attention, Covington Catholic High School actually had to close citing safety concerns. In an email that was sent to parents and teachers, the school's principal said that, quote, after meeting with local authorities, we have made the decision to cancel school and be closed on Tuesday, January 22nd, in order to ensure the safety of our students, faculty, and staff. All activities on campus will be canceled for the entire day and evening. Students, parents, faculty, and staff are not to be on campus for any reason. Please continue to keep the Covington Catholic community in your prayers. Now that's why, if you ask me, a simple apology and retraction just isn't good enough to make up for what these kids and their parents and the school are going through. The media needs to learn that regardless of whatever biases you may have, which are natural of course, we're all just only human, you can't lie about people. People's lives have been ruined because of verifiably false statements made against them. But you know what? For some people, it doesn't really matter who approached who at the march or who yelled what. Because for them, this is about going after what these students represent. Their maleness, their white 
whiteness, their pro-life position, their Trump support, their Catholicism, their relative affluence because private schools ain't free. That's the problem some people have with these students. And for these people, this has now turned into a witch hunt to see what kind of dirt they can dig up on the school in order to justify their hatred. We've actually had outlets claim now that photos of an old school blackout game represent the students dressing in blackface. Really, I... I hope they see you in court, guys. But potential future legal settlements aside, things aren't all bad for the Covington students. And so far, the biggest crusader against fake news, President Donald Trump himself, has come out in support of these students twice, tweeting that, Looking like Nick Sandman and Covington Catholic students were treated unfairly, with early judgments proving out to be false, smeared by media. Not good, but making big comeback. New footage shows that media was wrong about teens' encounter with Native American at Tucker Carlson. And then, Nick Sandman and the students of Covington have become symbols of fake news and how evil it can be. They have captivated the attention of the world, and I know they will use it for the good, maybe even to bring people together. It started off unpleasant, but can end in a dream. There's a lot more that could be said about this story, and if you're not following Tim Pool yet, you really should. He's had some great videos on his YouTube channel talking about all these issues and more. So. What do you guys think? Is this finally time for people to rise up against fake news or will this just be another time when we all forget about it and move on? That's all for this video, but I would love to know what you all think. And as always, thank you so much for tuning in and I'll see you next time.